0: This podcast contains sensitive content, including subjects that will probably offend people and language that nobody should use. You've been warned. Today, national progress and national prosperity are being held back chiefly because of selfishness on the part of a few. It is that attitude that leads such people to give a little thought to give nothing but lip service to the one-third of our population that I've described as being ill-fed, ill-clad, and ill-housed. But if the British Empire and its Commonwealth last for a thousand years, men will still say, this was their final tower. Welcome to the first ever and pilot installment of Everything Zen. My name is Seth, and I'll be your host. So let's just dive right in here while we're going strong early. Uh, Yesterday, of course, the news broke that uh, Andrew Cuomo uh, was resigning as the governor of New York, uh, thus solidifying to everybody that kind of already knew that the man is an absolute piece of shit, uh, and that he's an adulterer and he's a womanizer, which apparently we've known for years, uh, but we've given him a free pass because he's a Democrat. I'm not entirely sure why anybody, especially New Yorkers, have given this man a free pass. Sure, he's done some good work, but. In the grand scheme of things, if we want to hold people to a higher standard, if we want to attack people like Matt Gates or Donald Trump, we have to hold our own equally responsible. Letting this man get away with what he got away with for the years he did is simply unacceptable. We have to do better. Also, as a completely unrelated side note, uh, this means that the last two governors of the state of New York have, uh, resigned over allegations of sexual assault. Um, uh, also, uh, with this, we have the first female governor of the state of New York. That's uh, Kathy Hochul. Uh, you might recognize the last name if you're, uh, in tune with politics at all. Uh, her husband is William Hochul, uh, a former federal prosecutor in New York, he's also the general counsel and senior vice president for Delaware North, which is a massive conglomerate that controls some of the casinos and gaming access in New York. Does this present a uh, conflict of interest? I would say probably so, to be completely honest. Uh, I don't see how this doesn't create a conflict of interest because as governor, uh, Ms. Hochul will have uh, control over the gaming board. Uh, She'll have control over the state parks and recreation of which Delaware North holds some of the contracts. They've also lobbied pretty extensively for access to digital and online betting and gambling rights exclusively. The state tells us that there is a process in place for recusal from the governor's office. I'm really curious to see how this plays out because the last thing the state government of New York needs is another scandal. And for the record, Andrew Cuomo, go fuck yourself and the horse she rode in on. Your apology, or lack thereof, yesterday is appalling. It's an affront to good men everywhere who would never mistakenly put their hand down a woman's shirt and grab their breast. Like a bro fist moment. Uh, A thank you to a police officer of all people. Uh, Normal men do not run around in public and just randomly grab people's asses or tits. So I'm not entirely sure what he was trying to accomplish yesterday, but it was embarrassing and it was fucking appalling. If I'm offended by it, you should be too. Democrat, Republican, Independent, doesn't matter. This guy needed to go years ago. I'm glad he's going. Happy trails. Don't let the door hitch in the ass on the way out. It has never occurred to me as a candidate to figure out a way that I could deny the vote to people because they might vote against me. And the people who do that are political cowards. They are afraid of a fair election. We have a real crisis in this country. In other news and things we need to talk about, We need to talk about a a new piece of legislation that was introduced last week uh, in the Senate by uh, Senator Ossoff of Georgia uh, in a little piece of legislation called the Right to Vote Act. So for a little background here, uh, we had a court decision uh, about a month ago, uh, Brnovich versus DNC, where the court basically said uh, even when an appropriate Uh, The court really doesn't have the authority or precedent to get involved in matters of elections. Uh, They did, however, leave the door open for the legislative body to create legislation or law uh, that would give the court system the ability to hear these individual cases brought by individual voters against municipalities, counties, and states, uh, thus codifying into existence the ability for individual voters to finally have a say in the election laws that govern the elections that they participate in. Anybody who thinks this is a bad idea, this is probably not the show for you. It's almost embarrassing how far states go to limit access to the polls When a result happens that they're not particularly happy with take last year's presidential election, for example, states in the south are really, really mad, especially Georgia, that uh, Donald Trump lost the 2020 presidential election and they are hell bent on ensuring that it doesn't happen again. You know, we have quotes from prominent Republican leadership, including Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell, who is flat out in plain English, told us that if Republicans don't fix elections, they'll never win a federal election ever again. That's a quote. In fact, we'll get you the audio clip. These states have went to extraordinary lengths to limit access and not just to everybody, but predominantly inner city voters, inner city voters who tend to be pretty heavily liberal. You know, with uh, laws like in Texas, removing the drop boxes and limiting it to one per county. So a county with 1,500 people has the same number of drop boxes as a county with 4 million people. That's not okay. If you're an American citizen, one of the most fundamental tenets of our life, of our democracy, is the right to vote. Although, don't get it twisted, the right to vote isn't actually a right because it's not protected. Each individual state has the right, under the 10th Amendment, to run elections basically how they see fit. As long as they don't violate the 14th Amendment or the 24th Amendment, Anything they do is perfectly legal and the courts are really not in a position to do much about it. Senator Ossoff's law, I think, solves a lot of these issues. If you live in a state like Georgia or Texas or Florida, where the access to the polls is being limited, where your ability to vote, vote early, vote absentee is being challenged, because Most states also don't have any type of codification for you to get time off of work to go vote. Some of us have to work for a living. You know, when you eliminate the working class from elections, what you're left with is mostly retired old white people. This is their plan all along. It's been their playbook for years. The only difference is, is now that they have the court in their favor and have a court ruling that said, eh, not our problem. They've went balls to the wall to ensure that they can do everything in their power to make sure that they hold on to power. In states like Georgia, which by best guess is a 50-50 state, they've done everything that they can do without basically just saying you know we don't want black people to vote uh, to prevent black people from voting they don't want to open up the appropriate number of polling locations they don't want people to be able to hand out bottles of water while they wait in line for nine hours to vote and believe me they will wait nine hours in line to vote because they know how important it is and you should too sitting idly by while some folks can just walk right in and vote and walk out and others have to take an entire day i mean election day is not designed to be an all-day event it's designed to be a simple process where you can have your voice heard in your democracy that is a privilege afforded to you by our founding fathers now granted back when they afforded that privilege they didn't mean everybody they just meant white men and landowners but you know, we've worked on that over the years. The point is, if we do not have equal access to the polls for people in all 50 states and in U.S. territories, then we failed. Our democracy is failing. There's absolutely no reason for us to have 50 different sets of election laws for 50 different states. I personally think it's high time that we just federalize all elections and just do away with individual state control. And I think it's time that we put together a bipartisan or better yet nonpartisan group to draw the district maps in all 50 states. Because if you look at how bad gerrymandering is in some states like Georgia, it's very clear that individual states and their representatives are completely incapable of doing much of anything without an extreme implicit bias towards the other party. Sometimes that's Republicans doing it to Democrats, like in Georgia or Florida or Ohio. And sometimes it goes the other way, like Democrats doing it to Republicans in California and Oregon. This is not a one-sided problem, but it is a one-sided solution. So I urge you, if you're not aware of this bill, if you haven't heard anything about this, it's not getting a lot of media attention right now, but if you haven't heard anything about this bill, I urge you to look into this and I urge you to reach out to your local representatives and senators and let them know what you think about it, whether you agree or disagree. The beauty of our democracy is, is that those representatives and senators, we pay their salary. They have to listen to us because we're the ones that put them there even if you disagree with them on a political nature across the board. It is your right to reach out to those folks and tell them how you feel as a constituent of their district. I hear there's rumors on the uh, internets. So just as a bit of warning, I'm going to let you know now that the entire second half of this is going to be dedicated to vaccines and vaccine mandates. But before we get into the meat and potatoes of it, I just want to acknowledge a fact that actually hit my inbox today that says that the Navajo peoples, the Navajo nation in the United States are now officially 100% vaccinated. So if you believe in karma or poetic justice or just want a good laugh, uh, know that uh, as white people continue to fight over mask mandates and uh, whether or not they should get vaccinated uh, the navajo people are ready and willing to take back the land that we took from them hundreds of years ago so to the navajo nations congratulations on your 100 percent vaccination rate and thank you for setting the example for the rest of the country we can all learn something from the way you've conducted this operation it ought to be possible in short for every american enjoy the privileges of being american without regard to his race or his color in short every american ought to have the right to be treated as he would wish to be treated as one would wish uh, his children to be treated but this is not the case all right so the last thing i want to talk about tonight are vaccine mandates what are they why they're completely legal And how this is basically your fault if you're an anti-vaxxer. So let's talk about that. In order to get the full story, we need to go back about 40 years. In fact, we specifically need to go back to the Reagan administration. When Ronald Reagan was elected and sworn in in 1981, he made it a point, a priority, if you will, in his administration to limit the power of unions in this country. Reagan was a known union buster, and he was very anti-labor. Ronald Reagan is known, probably his domestic crowning achievement was the advancement of the quote-unquote corporate bill of rights, which was basically codified a few years after his death. So we have this conversation now specifically with nurses. Uh, being forced to uh, get a vaccine or find a new job. Now, I'm going to tell you right up front that I have a serious problem with an employer forcing anybody to do anything against their will. I think the entire construct of employment is exactly that, at will. I don't think anybody should be forced to do anything they don't want to do. Or anything that they have serious doubts about, whether it be ethically or morally. However, it needs to be said that many of the people, almost all of the people who have a serious problem with where we're at and where we're going, are Republicans. Folks, this is the bed that your party has made over the last 40 years. You have been the party of union busting. You've been the anti-labor party. You've been the pro-corporation party. Now you must lie in your bed. You have enabled companies corporations. You have enabled companies and corporations to have their own set of rights legally. And because you have fought so hard against unions and the power of unions and collective bargaining and organized labor that nurses have no representation in the workforce. There are very few nurses in the United States who belong to a union. In fact, nurses as a profession are some of the least represented people in the entire country. As far as collective bargaining is concerned, nurses are probably the one group of people right now who need unions. A lot of these nurses worked last year bedside during this pandemic and were given basically nothing as compensation. For putting their life and their health on the line daily in some cases. While hospitals continued to profit, continued to roll in that insurance money, continued to bill Medicare and Medicaid, and gave nurses absolutely nothing. Basically, it's another pizza party. And if you're a nurse, you know exactly what I'm talking about. The problem that I have is that some of these nurses are taking their views and they are spreading them out as information. And here's where we're going to get into a little bit of legality. See, if you're a nurse, you have the right to believe anything you wish to believe, whether it be religiously, medically, it's your right to believe whatever you want to believe. The moment you begin to spread medical misinformation to other people, you have violated the terms of your license violations of the terms of your license can and should result in suspension or forfeiture of said license. Yep. I said it. If you're a registered nurse and you're licensed in any state, as a registered nurse and you want to spread misinformation that vaccines kill people that vaccines don't keep you safe you should absolutely lose your license in fact you should voluntarily surrender it as much as you want to believe that information that information is simply not true and it's not open for debate Vaccines do save lives. Vaccines do not kill people. Vaccines greatly, vaccines will greatly increase your chances of survival and not being hospitalized if you do contract COVID-19. The only thing that the vaccine will not do is limit the viral load that you will shed if it's the Delta variant and you contract COVID-19 which means that the vaccine that you took is ineffective at protecting other people that's the only thing that we have right now that's really negative about this vaccine and while we're dispelling myths let's go ahead and get this one out of the way as well coronavirus vaccine research started in 2003 when scientists discovered SARS so this vaccine is not brand new it's not untrusted it's almost two decades of work for the record the flu vaccine was eight years of work and the flu vaccine changes every year and the flu vaccine as a whole is never FDA approved either the individual components are but the combination of those components is never FDA approved. It's FDA cleared. It's not approved. So continuing on with this, this vaccine question, we also need to kind of play this the other direction, right? We, we also have this thing, you know, and, and it's the same party again who three, four, or five years ago were attempting to repeal Obamacare. Do you guys realize that if Obamacare was repealed during the Trump administration, that insurance companies would have actually had the right to deny coverage for COVID and COVID-related illnesses? Furthermore, insurance companies can and should actually deny coverage for those who willingly choose to not get vaccinated. They can simply say that it's an unnecessary risk that you took, and that's on you. It's the same as if you decide to take your car to the racetrack and go 120 miles an hour and crash it and total it. The insurance company is not going to cover your car because you took an unnecessary risk. You knew the risk when you took it. And that's on you, you know, they're there for indemnification, not for stupidity, you know, and we could go even further than that. And we could say, well, you know, this is also the party of entitlement reform. Now, I pay a lot of taxes every year, and I'm not entirely sure that I want my tax dollars going to health care costs for those who are in an ICU with covid because they refuse to get a vaccine. You know, it's the same argument. Well, I don't want my tax dollars going to welfare. I don't want my tax dollars going to Social Security. How is this any different? You know, what do you think the hospital cost is of somebody who's vaccinated and gets COVID-19? You might go to the ER. You might even get admitted for a day or two and placed on a cannula with high flow oxygen for a few days. You know, that's going to cost some money. But it's a hell of a lot cheaper than being in an ICU for a month, being on a ventilator, being on ECMO, being on continuous dialysis. And this is just part of the possibility. This is certainly not the end game. We're talking about a $20,000 hospital bill versus a $2 million hospital bill. And how many people are going to rack up those bills and stick it to the American taxpayer because they were too stupid or fed misinformation and didn't want to get a vaccine? It's absolutely unbelievable to me. The other thing that I've noticed about a lot of these anti-vax nurses in particular is uh, they all tend to be from the mean girls' clique. And what I mean by that is these ladies, and they're mostly ladies. Of course, there are men that are nurses as well, and I'm sure there are men on both sides of this. I don't mean to single out women, but nursing is a profession that is overwhelmingly female. A lot of these anti-vax nurses will tell you that it's not FDA approved. And they don't want to take it because it's not FDA approved. And then they'll slide into your DMs and say, Hey, bestie, you want to check out this uh, new herbal supplement that I'm selling? Or these new patches? You know, they're great for fatigue or for gout or, I don't know, scurvy. You know, but none of those are FDA approved either. Most of those aren't even FDA cleared. There's a giant label on the side that says not FDA approved to cure or prevent any disease or illness. How in the hell can you sit here and sell MLM bullshit snake oil products and say that it actually does something and then refuse to take a vaccine? it's the most hypocritical thinking i've ever seen what's worse is that you're completely misinforming the public you know you're when you're a nurse when you're a healthcare provider of any capacity a nurse a, a physician whatever i mean yes you you have an obligation to take care of patients you, you have an obligation to be a provider in the best of your capacity but somewhere in the the moral code is an obligation to be a steward of good public health because good public health helps all of us not being a good steward of public health makes you look silly it makes you look less credible and when I see these folks and I see them all the time I live in a very rural, very red community. There's a lot of them here. You lose credibility as a healthcare provider. You lose credibility as a human being. I mean, at the end of the day, I don't know if this doesn't exist in any books of religion. I'm pretty sure it exists in all of them. But you could boil down most books of religion to love thy neighbor or some variation thereof. Most religions are based on a very altruistic theology. What happened? How did we get away from that? We've moved from a a altruistic style of thinking to a community involvement to the, you know, it takes a village mentality to what's in it for me, and if there's nothing in it for me, then, well, good luck. It's certainly your right to think that way. But if you're a healthcare provider, it's not your right to inform other people that way. And I think it's high time that state medicine and state nursing boards Start taking a strong look at some of these people that are spreading this misinformation. And if you're willingly spreading misinformation and misguiding the public and people are making bad medical decisions based on information that you shouldn't be providing to them anyways, because you're not their provider. You absolutely shouldn't have a license to practice medicine. You just shouldn't. On a final note before i close tonight i want to touch on this as well so molly hemingway from the federalist she's also a fox news contributor made a twitter post tonight because apparently hunter biden's laptop is back in the news again uh and she made a post something to the effect of uh uh, ludicrous 2016 Russia hoax put all hands on deck to rig the 2020 election by violently suppressing Hunter Biden laptop story. I'm not sure if you watched the news in 2020, but I don't remember any violent suppressing of the media on any story. In fact, I seem to remember Fox News running it daily for about three months straight. Because it was the only story they could come up with. Well, I decided to call Molly Hemingway out on her bullshit. And she decided to block me for it. Molly, you may have a bigger platform than I do. You may have a bigger audience than I do. But spewing rhetoric and lies of that magnitude will come back to bite you. If I were you. I would probably remove the word uh, columnist from my resume because what you're delivering is not news. It's scare rhetoric. And you're not scaring anybody. The only violent suppression that happened last year, at least that I saw, was BLM protesters peacefully marching, being shot at by police with rubber bullets and tear gas. Now, I'm not saying that all of the BLM protests were peaceful. I mean, we all saw in Minneapolis on TV. We all saw Minneapolis. We know. But this is fucking ridiculous. And you should be fucking embarrassed and ashamed for posting something like that. If the best story you can come up with is Hunter Biden's laptop, that's the worst thing you've got on a Democrat right now. I feel sorry for the conservative media cycle. So I'd like to thank everybody for listening this evening. I'd also like to thank my friend CMA for permission to use one of his songs in the intro. Make sure you check him out wherever you stream your music. He's on Pandora, Spotify, Apple Music, wherever you stream. A uh, Phenomenal ambient music artist, guy I've listened to for a long time. Consider him a friend of mine. Absolutely. If you need some great chill music, something to relax to something to study to, it's perfect for that. So thank you for listening. Have a wonderful evening and we'll see you next week.